You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. We have Corey Geary on the call here today. Corey, I really appreciate your time. And Corey, I'm going to direct everybody to your Facebook page because there's a lot of uh, great resources there. And it looks like we have a lot of uh, common uh, friends on that on that platform. So uh, look for Corey Geary and you spell the last name G-E-A-R-Y. And Corey is a seven-figure wholesaler, nationwide wholesaler, And we're going to talk about that, plus some strategies that he leverages, including uh, something called novations. Um, And uh, that's a new term to a listener. So we're going to really kind of spend a little time on that and define that. But I really appreciate your time, Corey. Uh, Thanks for joining me here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm truly blessed to be here to share my journey with you. Thank you. So, uh, Corey, let's start things off with, it's, it's always fascinating to see how people have gotten into this. How did you get into wholesaling? So, how I got into it, it's kind of funny. So, I got into it at the end of 2016, and uh, I was a blackjack dealer working at the casino, making pretty good money, worked that job for about 17 years, saved up, uh, you know, about 150 grand or so, and we're watching that flip or flop show with Tarek Musa. I'm there with my girlfriend at the time. She was a realtor, part-time realtor, part-time, part-time blackjack dealer, but she was doing a lot of real estate. And she, we're watching the show one night and she's like, Hey, why don't you flip a house so I can list it? And I was like, I don't know. Why don't I flip a house? It looks easy enough. You know, 30 minutes, you make $80,000. Uh, <laughs> let's give it a try. Right? <laughs> That's kind of how they portray it in Hollywood. Uh, the next morning, I'm actually, I'm done my morning run because I love to run. And I see one of those bandit signs that say fix or fix and flip, buy price, you know, 250,000 ARV 350, something to that nature. I stop on my run, I call the bandit sign, and uh, it was new, uh, not new Western, it's the other one, net worth realty. And I bought the house, you know, I, I saw it as a sign from God that showed me that, hey, this is what you need to be doing. So I saw it, I bought, you know, called it, I bought the house. It took me six months. To fix and flip that house, and I made eight thousand dollars. <laughs> so that was my very first deal into real estate. Um, and then you got the I, bug. I got the bug. So bought a second one. Went to some networking events. You know, uh, RIA's here locally. Uh, signed up for some wholesalers list. Bought my second house. I made two hundred. I, I bought my second house. Made twenty thousand dollars on that one. And on my third house, you know, I thought I was knew what I was doing. I thought I was a big boy and. Uh, I bought four houses all at once and the contract they were using, we didn't see eye to eye on things. So we had to switch contractors. But the, the unfortunate part of the story is that the new contractor we got was even worse. And he took us to the cleaners and robbed us of all of our money. And uh, between the month, the down payment we put down on him, the holding costs and the rehab money he stole for us, uh, stole from us in those four properties, we lost about a quarter million dollars. And it really reset me back to ground zero where I was like, okay, I lost my previous flip money. I lost my 401k money that I pulled out of the casino. And you know, I lost any savings that I had. And said, so I didn't want to give up. So I literally Googled because I wanted to know how wholesalers got their deals. And I Googled how do wholesalers get deals? 
And then uh, Sean Terry popped up. <laughs> so, and I dove into his courses and uh, joined up for his mentorship and masterminds. And he's been uh, part of my journey even up to this date. Um, I'm blessed to call him a, a friend. I have his phone number. We talk all the time. And he's just been a true blessing in my journey uh, and my growth in wholesaling and uh, just the whole nationwide stuff that I'm doing now. So that was my intro into wholesaling. You know, I put out some bandit signs, how, how he taught, did some direct mail. And it took me about, I think, eight, 10 months. And I got my first wholesale deal, made $10,000. I actually sold that deal to the wholesaler that I bought my second deal on. So it was like almost I reversed the script. And, uh, and that's, that was how I cut my teeth in the wholesaling. So, you know, you do, uh, you have a nationwide model now. Uh, is that pretty much what you're advising people to do, like right off? Or do you typically suggest what you started off and started in your backyard? I, yeah, out of the gate, I always recommend starting your own backyard, get to know your own, you know, pro property values, the lay of the land, get belly belly with the sellers, you know, get a feel for them, really conduct business in your own backyard. And then, what what we you know I recommend people doing is after they're starting to do you know five six seven deals a month and they're kind of consistent with that and they want to scale then they go then go into the nationwide model because there's a lot more opportunity in the nationwide but you want to have a good feel of how the business is conducted with title companies with the buyers how to talk to the sellers before you try to go into that model sure and then based on what you've experienced now, where do people, where would you typically suggest people start in finding that first deal? Well, finding the first deal, the best way right now is cold calling, text and RVM, because that is like the cheapest way at your cost per lead and cost per contract. You know, just get on the phone, start cold calling these sellers, you know, pull some data in your local market, skip trace it, and uh, just, you know, have those conversations with them. And, and, you know, I call it the gateway drug in the wholesaling because it's a very low barrier of entry. You can also start by door knocking. If you have absolutely no money, you can pull the pre-foreclosures pre list out of PropStream and just go door knock them. I mean, you're going to have a lot of competition in that arena because there's a lot of people doing it, but you're still going to get deals if you keep consistent with it. It, you can still get deals. And then when actually you're starting to get some of those deals, put that money into marketing, you know, then start cold calling text, maybe RBM. Um, and then maybe eventually down the road, start transitioning into Google ads, PPC, which is what the bulk of our business is now. Yeah. So one of the things that when it comes to wholesaling, everybody's been told that this is this is where to start you know this is where you get into real estate investing with little to no money um based on that and what you've experienced what are some of the what are some of the facts versus myths when it comes to that that concept the, the facts are definitely uh you can get into a little or no money you're just going to put a put a lot of legwork into it um, some of the myths that, you know, a lot of the bigger gurus portray, you know, is how simple and easy it is. And it's not, you're going to have to work long hours, long days, and you're going to have to put a lot of time and effort into it. And you're going to encounter a lot of problems, title problems, seller problems, buyer problems. So they don't really portray that too much when they're marketing, you know, they're, they're coaching, you know, uh, courses and platforms and stuff like that. So um, the myth's true, you can get into a little of no money. Just put in a lot of work, but also be mindful that it is a lot of work and you're going to encounter a lot of problems along the way, a lot of speed bumps, and they don't really talk about that part of the business. Sure. 
So you 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 gave a few strategies there of of how you could start with little to no money when it comes to marketing. Are there any other strategies that you would recommend, you know, outside of door knocking and cold calling and some people may not even understand how skip tracing works. Um, so let's say they they have no money, they're going to start things off from scratch. Where would where would they begin? Yeah, I would begin by door knocking. I mean, that's me personally, and that's how kind of we broke into the industry. I mean, you can go out and put uh, flyers on doors, uh, networking through RIAs, you know, j- helping people JB deals, talking to buyers, getting some buyers lined up so you can JB to JB those deals with you know other wholesalers. So just getting around groups, you know, of like-minded people that will help you accelerate your path, your, 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 your journey in the beginning. Um, but th- that was the way we started. Um, and there's no really new that the, I know of cutting edge techniques other than the, the door knocker, co-calling, you know, SMS, RBM and uh, direct mail, which that's going to be a little bit more capital intensive. And then, you know, going out and putting out flyers on doors and just, you know, having those conversations when you're in the, grocery store and you're starting to talk to the person behind you, let them know what you do. You know, I, I buy and sell houses. I'm a fix and flipper or, I, you know, I'm looking to buy houses for cash. You know, always talk about what you do is very important because then you're going to start getting noticed. Talk about it on social media. If you're talking about it always on social media, people are going to start bringing you deals or they're going to start recognizing that you're playing in that space. So social media, social media is a very powerful uh, tool. I've been documenting my journey on social media since the very beginning. And that's how I was able to build up, you know, the following I have on Facebook. So those are the main things, man. It's just get out networking, door knock, and, and, and that's it. And then once you start getting a little bit of money, tell you know, transition to telecommunications. And then from there, start going into bigger marketing uh, channels like direct mail and PPC. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So when, uh, when you got into... You, you started in your backyard and then you made the switch to national. What uh, drove that decision? The drove the decision is the, the wanting to scale. We were doing about, you know, eight to 10 deals a month. Um, and it was just, we were not really scaling too much. And I knew a couple other other heavy hitters that were doing the nationwide model in my masterminds. And so I was, you know, taught by them and it didn't network into them, you know, how much success they've had by going nationwide. And so we switched over in the beginning of last year from our local model to nationwide model. Now, one big mistake that we made, and I'd never recommend this to anybody, is that I turned off all the local marketing and just turned on Google Ads PPC nationwide. And in the first month, I lost $70,000. Second month was like 50, and it's third month was 30. And then we started to catch that traction. So I always recommend to everybody, if you're going to go and do this nationwide model, make sure you don't turn off what's paying the bills currently. So if you're making money by cold calling in your local market, keep doing that and just make this a small little arm, you know, that you're slowly scaling up and uh, just slowly transition. Just don't do it all at once like I did. And because you will lose a lot of money trying to make that transition. Yeah. You know, let's spend a little time on that on PPC because I think um, I've even hired a service to, to try to manage PPC and, and frankly, it wasn't a very good fit because all they ever really ever have experience with is maybe realtors and brokerages, and then I get I got thrown into that pool and and I I, did, I saw very little results. Are you managing your PPC directly, or are you uh, do you hire a company to do that? 
So we manage our own PPC. I had the same kind of issue you had. We outsourced it at first. It was costing us about, it was between eight and 10 grand a quarter. And so right out of the gate, you're already 10 grand in the hole. And all those big companies are doing is they're outsourcing it with VAs. And the VAs just really can't make those counterintuitive decisions to, to know if it's relevant to your business, like managing your negative keywords, managing the ad copy, knowing what search terms are the most effective. So that was our biggest problem. So I took it upon myself to learn it, bring it in-house. And the way everyone's teaching it right now is really the wrong way. Everyone's teaching it to be very narrow, specific on their market, try to control their cost per click, and try to control their, their uh, keywords by doing exact match. This is the way that you're going to get cost per conversions up to five to seven hundred dollars. That's what we were getting here in Phoenix, where my cost per conversion nationwide is at forty three dollars. So it, it was a game changer. You don't want to you don't want to constrict and control Google. Google is very smart, and so if you utilize Google to your to your advantage, it will show it will learn who your prospect is and show your ads to lookalike audience, and then driving down your cost per conversion in the long run. Sure. So, you know, uh, that that's interesting you say that because, uh, you know, especially in the ad game, everybody's trying to squeeze as much return on that investment as possible. So it's natural for us to try to restrict and dial it in as much as possible to, to, try, to try to do that. But what you're saying is that Google can actually do that naturally if, if you give them the, the reins a little bit. You absolutely can. If you're doing like a phrase match or broad match keywords, and then you're doing uh, the strategy, what's called maximized conversions, you're allowing Google learn through the conversion process who your prospect is, and it will show your ads to look like audience. Google's way smarter than us. They have over 2,000 data points in every single person in the United States. So, I mean, let Google work for you. That's what we're paying them for. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So as you were going to a, a nationwide model, how did talking to sellers change? The biggest shift is a couple things, I guess. Uh, you, you're going to be doing it all over the phone. It's all virtual. So the mind shift of, you know, we're not going to be sitting belly to belly with them anymore and just doing this over the phone was huge for us. So you're going to have to be diving into their problems, figuring out exactly why they sell the property and how you're the right solution for them over the phone, creating that rapport over the phone. So that was probably one of the First most difficult parts of shift of the shift. The second most difficult was learning how to comp properties and evaluate them accurately in other markets. Because when you're playing only in your market, you know how to comp properties. Someone could throw me, you know, a couple of cross streets, and I would know what the houses are worth in that area because I flipped houses over there. And when you go on nationwide, it's a lot different. So you're just gonna have to learn how to underwrite deals in these different markets. So you need to go super deep. On if you're going to be offering cash to them uh, on these properties, you know, if you're going nationwide, because uh, it, it's a learning experience. And in the beginning, out of every five contracts we lock up, maybe one would close. So it, it was a struggle in the beginning. We we're sending a lot of contracts over to the disposition department that was just not, you know, we're, we're monetizing on and it was just spinning our wheels. So it took a lot of efforts of just trial and error uh, to getting that dialed in. And we've gotten it down in a lot better, but it's not perfect. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you do handle your due diligence then on the property. You know, you're do you have boots on the ground or is it all done virtually somehow? It, it's mostly done virtually. So you're getting pictures taken by the sellers sent to you or the tenants that are in place, get them to take pictures for you. And if you can't, just 
work out access to the property and then we'll post like a craigslist ad for somebody to go out and take pictures for us and maybe we'll pay him like 70 bucks and that's mm-hmm. how we're getting the pictures in the property and we're basing our valuation off those pictures and if the seller is taking the pictures and they're misrepresenting the property and like say for example buyer goes out there and goes well you didn't tell us about but the big hole in the roof there was no picture of that well, then we're going to go back and renegotiate with the seller and let them know why we renegotiate because they were not completely truthful on the whole condition. So so one of the strategies that is a little different that you do is this novations. Um, yes. Let's, and, and I know that's a new term for a lot of people. So can you define that? I will. Um, so one of our problems doing this nationwide model is, you know, we're getting a lot of leads in these more rural markets that there's not a lot of investor activity, but there's MLS activity. And so we're like, okay, it was always that question, how do we monetize these MLS type deals uh, and, and still you know, monetize them? So the, 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 we were trying to lock them up as cash, trying to sell them you know, to investors. The problem was that you know, if there's no investor activity, it's not gonna sell. Um, so we found, we came across the uh, novation process, the novation concept. And what this is, is we're locking the property up in the seller listing it on the MLS for FHA, VA, and conventional buyers. And so we're wholesaling it on market to end users, not an investor. And so, and there's many ways that we do this. We use a power of attorney to list the property in the MLS and sign the offers on behalf or the attorney in fact. And there's a couple other instruments to use like the notice of interest to that way we can get paid off from the lien. Uh, We put a lien in the property and that's how we get approved for the conventional financing to pay our fee out. So through this process, we call it our concierge service and the sellers love it because we're telling them we're not your buyer. We're being very upfront with them. We're going to bring a buyer to the table who is going, we're going to partner with because we're really good at bringing buyers since we're investors and fixing flippers. And we're going to do that through uh, using local realtors, our buyer network and MLS. So it's completely upfront with the homeowner exactly what we're doing. And then we're just telling them that you don't got to worry about anything. You don't got to worry about the inspection. You don't worry about the appraisal. You don't worry about dealing with realtors. And you don't have to worry about the title work. You can just sit back and collect your check. And so a lot of them are loving it because we're able to pay more for the property than normal that would not work for a cash offer because we're selling it uh, to uh, the traditional way. Sure. So, so based on what you just said there, you're taking it upon yourself to go through uh, you know, a, a buyer's due diligence period and making any updates or changes to the property on the on the seller's behalf? That's correct. So we're, we're letting the inspectors tell us what we need to do to the property to get approved for the financing. Um, there was a property just last week as an FHA uh, uh, buyer. Their inspector said, well, it needs to have a stove. So we, you know, went on Lowe's, the local Lowe's, ordered the stove, had it delivered. The realtor who was representing the buyer met the person out there, had the stove installed, and we closed it on Friday last week, and we made $42,000 on that deal. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I was going to actually ask you for an example of how this works, um, but I mean, that that was yeah. a great one. So, so. Okay. Well, just to remind everybody, uh, if you like to hear more from uh, Corey, uh, I direct you to his Facebook page, Corey Geary, and his last name is spelled G-E-A-R-Y, and I'll, I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But Geary and his team also do some training, especially regarding this. So look for new age wholesaling uh, for some information on how to sign up for that information. Is there any other place that you'd like people directed to? 
Corey? Well, right now, you know, the, the Facebook's great and you can DM me right from Facebook to talk more about it. I'm also on Instagram at Geary Corey. So it's backwards. And uh, that, that's the best place just to get a hold of me and talk more about how we, what, how we can work together. And, and that's what we're teaching is the whole nationwide wholesaling from A to Z with PPC as your marketing and novations as one of your exit strategies. So, so I'm going to take you back into time here now as, okay. as we, uh, we, I, I want to circle back and give those people who are brand new to wholesaling. One of the things that I get asked uh, quite often is, what do I say? You know, if you if you're going on that door knocking uh, or uh, dialing, driving for dollars, if you will, and you go up to a door and knock on that door, and somebody actually answers, uh, give somebody what what they should possibly start with. I mean, introduce yourself. It's it's going to be a cold conversation from the beginning. You want to you, when you're door knocking, you want to step a few a few feet back from the door. You never want to be at the door because that's very aggressive and intimidating. Step a few feet back introduce yourself and ask them if they'd be interested in selling their house, you know, and if they are interested, ask them why and go into their pain and why exactly they would want to be selling their house and exactly how you can be the solution to their problem. That's the conversation you want to have and just creating that rapport with them, you know, getting to understand who they are as a person. So that is the best way. The best way to really get good at it is repetition, Mm -hmm. doing it over and over and over again. You're not going to be good at it at first. There's no way I would recommend, you know, doing some training on acquisitions. There's a lot of good people out there who focus just on that type of scripting. John Martinez is one, um, just the top of my head. You know, another one is Stephen Morales. And they focus just on how those conversations sound when you're uh, you're talking to the seller. But yeah, it's just, it's great rapport, knowing who you are as a person, knowing who they are as a person, and then figuring out exactly what their pain point is and how you can be the solution to their problem. Yeah, and I'd point to the previous appearances. John has been on my show here a couple times now, and he always brings a ton of value. So if you're struggling with scripts and how to talk to sellers, I mean, uh, great resource. He is. I've been to his boot camp, you know, and I've gone through all his training, and I love how he approaches the uh, the conversation. And we even put our acquisition agents through that training so they understand, you know, how the set sounds, how it sounds when you're going into pain, how the picture perfect looks, you know, going through deal, uh, uh, deal killers, uh, you know, it's just great, uh, a great lineup of, uh, for your first initial conversation with that seller. So, yeah. So knowing what you know now, and if you had to start all over again, what would you have done? What would you do differently? I would have got a mentor and coach right out of the gate because I would feel like, you know, I wouldn't have got that big, uh, you know, loss, you know, on my books right in the beginning of my journey. If I had someone to tell me, Hey, you know, do your due diligence as a contractor, go, you know, go to the ROC, the register of contractors and find out if he's got any complaints against them, go to the attorney general, talk to his previous clients, you know, so just getting coaching and mentorship out of the gate would have been a lot better. Um, you know, I felt like, you know, coaching was too expensive, but obviously it was way more expensive than the lesson that I learned. I'd rather have just paid for coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, before we, uh, before I let you go, I wanted to make sure that uh, one more time, uh, head over to Corey's Facebook page set and, uh, it's G E A R Y as his last name. Um, a lot of great resources there. Uh, new age wholesaling is a great place to reach out as well. And, but I'll make sure to have all these links in the show notes, but, uh, Corey, this has been a great conversation. It's, it's always great to 
get people started in wholesaling. But before I let you go, uh, one last question for you. Uh, what question do you wish I, I would have asked you here today? Uh, maybe like what some of my favorite books are, you know, one of my favorite books is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. It's an amazing book. You know, this is uh, stuff for, especially if you're starting to get into wholesaling or any kind of entrepreneurship journey, you want to change your mindset because it's 80% mindset, 20% tactics and just absorbing yourself in books, you know, that are going to change your mindset would be huge. And so that's my favorite book, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I've read it four times recommend it to everybody who's starting their entrepreneurship journey. No, that's, that's great. You know, and I have a feeling we probably could spend an entire episode just on mindset because uh, when we talk about return on investment, I don't think there is a, a bigger uh, ROI that can be had than getting your mind right. That's absolutely correct. I always say real estate saved my life because I was not in a very uh, good place in my life, mentally, physically, and spiritually plus financially before I got into real estate and real estate's kind of shifted all that for me. So it's been an amazing journey for me. Well, thanks for your time, Corey. Uh, you're always welcome back and I hope we can chat again sometime. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. Appreciate it. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time, and tell a friend.